Hi, Tom. Hi, Svea. You alright? Uh, yeah, I'm relatively okay. <laughs> Take your headphones off. Sorry. You talk so loud with those on. Sorry, I can't. I can imagine that. Testing, testing. <laughs> all that, really all that jargon that just happened. You need to work in a studio environment. I don't. Yeah, I get enough well, of it at home. Work, if you work in, in radio or something, you'll no, see. No, thank you. Uh, okay. Um, Let's do this. Yeah, so this one has probably been on the radar of something I've wanted to, to talk about. We've had it on the list. Absolute long since, time. Yeah, since November. Yeah, because it's become like an, an area I've taken interest in over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um purely just out of survival and, and being sick of being in debt but <laughs> yeah I love how we intro this as if people don't know from huh? the title yeah no but like, <laughs> we gotta feel ourselves uh, into it as well yeah um so <laughs> but yeah I think so yeah we've wanted to talk about I guess financial independence millennial money how you can retire make... early fire as they call it yeah, not even that, but just how the the discourse around millennials making it in the world and what that looks like and on a realistic level. Yeah, and also given what's happening in the world, without mentioning that thing that looks like a spiky ball. What? <laughs> I don't know. Making light of a very very horrible. Yeah, situation. it's like, and it's ongoing, and it's not yeah. going to stop. And jeez. You made me feel bad now. Yeah, no, it's, t- <laughs> it's taken a turn of like actually like yeah. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think during this time we've come into some. I yeah. Guess, what would you say the top financial line, insecurity? The, the shall top we say? Line and like a summary of the, like without going into too much detail at the same time. We've, like we're basically what being challenged. Yeah. No. So we've we've um, hit a few ro- roadblocks. <laughs> <laughs> um not as secure as i'd like to be let's say and uh tom's the breadwinner so delighted (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so i think this every i mean there's this is it's a spectrum isn't it there's people that are furloughed at the moment that are taking an 80 percent cut and we were talking about earlier this morning how you know that that even that in itself is a wildly different experience amongst families and households yeah. you know depending on your salary if you're if you're on a higher salary 80% is still very livable yeah. if you're on a lower salary it really it potentially isn't and it can really have a drastic impact on you know your quality of life and your ability to to get the basics so i don't know there's there's that kind of situation which is you know so so different and then there's people that just have you know job insecurity and you know the the kind of job market is almost for a lot of industries that kind of at a standstill i think that's the weirdest thing about this is just that, like like yeah. okay normally when some when your your earning potential is threatened and by that i mean like you're you're on the verge of losing your job or you're facing like the risk of redundancy or you've lost your job yeah. like you're able to you know like get out there and and get work give yourself some like other options and stuff yeah um it could be you know looking for a new role in your current industry yeah. or thinking oh you know this might be oh it's a blessing in disguise i'm gonna change yeah exactly i'm gonna change but my path i feel like that door's not really open like there are some yeah. roles out there but yeah like, in my industry in particular there's not been a single thing so it's not like yeah. 
I'm not planning to jump ship, but like even if I wanted to, I I couldn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's just really bizarre. Like it's just, it's like everything's been frozen. Yeah. And then especially now um, that they've announced that whole thing of um, oh, the chances recent update saying that furlough is going to be extended until August, and then after August, con- um, employee in- no employers will need to start making a contribution. I think oh, yeah. August is going to be like a real watershed moment because that's like, as one lady put it, it's going to be like sorting the wheat from the chaff. Who's so, this lady? Who Who is she? The presenter. I'm, I'm not going to say. Who is she? Why are you messing with her? I'm not messing <laughs> But basically... Um, Sorry. Because yeah, essentially track. what the government have done is they've put like whole industries and whole sectors on life support by providing yeah, yeah, their, yeah, no. like, employees. As with, they should. Yeah, which is good. But at the same time, it's like... I guess when they start asking employers to start contributing, we're going to see which companies actually have a means. The financial to, security yeah, to, um, to take care of their employees. Who's going to be able to recover and yeah. who's literally just being held on life support and it's just not viable for them to... Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be wild, but it's just, yeah, it's it's a roller coaster at the moment, I would say. It's, and the thing is, it's not... It's so difficult to... I guess know what the best move is, what the best dire- kind of direction to yeah. take in your in terms of your own circumstances because they could change so drastically so quickly. Yeah, like so, like case in yeah. point, like um, we're, so we're recording this on May the sixteenth. So obviously things may have changed in the future when you're listening to this, but this is just in the in the week after um, Boris made his announcement about trying to reopen and get people back to work, but you should stay at you know the confusing one. Um, go to work, stay at home. If you must go public transport, don't go public transport. Go to work. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> that and then obviously, delightful. like we've seen, the data has basically shown that the R rate, the rate of infection, is like gone, has back, gone up. back up. To yeah, where so it was. it's like, so imagine if three days of this. Yeah, I don't know when the data range was for. Like maybe it was prior to it. Then if that if that was the case, then we're we're probably even more screwed. But if that goes up and then we can't exactly go back to work and those plans fail, like it's just yeah. gonna change the whole complexion of the game. It's just it's just it's just so choppy at the moment. Yeah. But what's come out of it, from what I can see, is a lot of conversations around trying to gain control of your finances yeah. as much as you can. And, and um, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I feel like we've been blessed I guess in like that you I you, I'm gonna give you the credit on this. You're the one that I feel like got those conversations started in our particular case. What do you mean? Like um trying to get our house in order and like be financially healthy and all of that jazz. And, oh yeah no because yeah. I'm cheap. I'm cheap as fuck. <laughs> no, I think but, yeah, I, it's just happening. in my nature to be a saver and then you're I think it's in your nature to be a spender and then you've had to reel yourself back into thinking about having a saving mindset. Yeah but it doesn't come as naturally to you. Yeah, Whereas, like, it doesn't. I don't really... Like, don't get me wrong. I would... Like, I'm I'm not trying to be swimming in debt, but if I want something... <laughs> I wish I don't not. <laughs> if I want something, I, I will typically go Well, yeah, there. you stand in line for 24 hours getting a new pair of trainers, whereas I just... That's just not me. That's not me. Like, I remember, Anywho, I'll never forget... Like, this was no, we're real, not going to go on a no, tangent like no, this. just a quick story. I'll never forget the um, when I got my iPhone the iphone 10 when it was new at the time and i told and you paid silly amounts yeah of money. no and i told your family you you and your family um like how much i was paying a month like uh, yeah which was crap. how much 83 and, uh, or something you guys were all like jaw dropping and like, like ha ha <laughs> dodo what a dumb dumb little did i know that i would basically 
take on that in ridiculous bill when no, we... No, I paid it for it. No, I'm saying you're it. paying for it, but then, like, we're living together, and if, you know, we have to... We're budgeting together, and then that £83 became my £83. Of How? Like, of, in the sense of, like, if we want to get takeaway, we've got to factor in how much we've got left, and it would just bother me that, like, that's, like, 60 quid. That's 60 quid difference between your bill and my bill. See, that's and, what we think different. And that, that could go towards something, whereas you think that that did go towards something yeah, valuable, which is your iPhone. Which I love stealing. Whereas it's I like, have, like, a decent iPhone that's 60 quid cheaper a month. I don't know, it just felt to me like a no-brainer. But anyway. See, so, I guess it just goes to what we value. Because to me, I'm like, yeah, I've got the 4K filming abilities, that which helps me with my job. Yeah, and then I I'm, in my pictures, head, I'm thinking, that's three or four <laughs> extra Domino's nights a month. You know, that's what I value. Quality time like with pizza. Compa- no, pizza or a okay, phone that's anyway, like a companion. Anyway, we're getting like, sidetracked, you yeah. know. Quarantine. I'm going to get iPhone 12. <sighs> Better not. Jesus. But yeah, people have been basically thinking about their money and their finances. Yeah, because and... we don't have any anymore. <laughs> <So> <laughs> okay, there's no money coming in. Okay, what do we do now? And I will say that so like prior to this happening we sort of made a conscious decision last year maybe late 2018 yeah. early 2019 i don't know but basically we, we made a conscious decision to try and save up money for, for an emergency fund can i talk through the, um dave ramsey's baby steps which is kind of the plan that we follow it's not the plan we follow not it's yet, just we both found this guy called dave ramsey who's this like redneck american Absolute savage a millionaire and he has a, a radio show and people call in and say you know oh i've got 100 grand worth of student loan debt and he's like oh my god like you know like some beans yeah like stop spending money going out to restaurants like just eat rice and get that debt down all that kind of nonsense anyway honestly if you love seeing people being ripped apart it's really great viewing it, that's that's mean <laughs> anywho so then he, in a fun way it's light hard but it's a it's a he has some good principles where you save up an emergency fund and then before you and then you tackle so taking wait, down so your wait, debt let me talk over it I, I know what they are no but i want to list them out okay save so, a thousand pounds yeah so baby step one is save a thousand pounds the purpose behind that or is just dollars dollars yeah is to get yourself in the like right mindset to prove to yourself you can do it it's a nice easy no, it's way not. That's it's just it's to there. get bare minimum like emergency fund yeah but it's to also it also has psychological well, like benefits builds discipline yeah it's to like build you up and stuff to prepare you for like the right. big and then task. what's the second one so the second one which is what most people get stuck on um is pay down all your debts except for your house yeah um and he propo- he called he says the best way to do it is the debt snowball method which is you start Small with the smallest debts first. and then you work your way up to the so biggest then ones we have had endless debates on whether our student loan is a debt or not in the uk i kind of want i want to get onto that because yeah i i i'm i'm of the view that Look, let's get into it then later on. Let's park that. Okay, right, we'll third park step. It, but yeah, all right. So then the, step. the third step is you save up an emergency fund. He says three to six months. I've now kind of changed my view on that. Um, but I still believe in saving up for an emergency fund. Then the next one, which is really hard, um, 
is invest 15% in retirement. I don't know if that's just like a UK or a, U- a, US, fi- yeah. a US thing. Obviously, the know. landscape is different here. Like we have employer contributions and I don't know, like they got IRA Roths and all of these weird terminologies IRA, that I don't but anyway. understand. But yeah, sorry to our American viewers. Obviously, it's just, it's a different system. Um, sure. <laughs> then the next one, which I don't really think is a thing here, is save up for your kids, your kids' college fund. College. Yeah. Well, it depends they, if you see it as a debt or not. Yeah. I digress. Next save step. Save up for that themselves. Or go Europe and pay a grant. Um, next one is pay off your... <laughs> Can learn I, new honestly, language and I all. wish I knew that no, the I know, courses were ta- taught in English. Whatever. I'm so pissed. Anywho, um, that'll probably change now because of Brexit. Right, Anywho, come on. Uh, pay off your home early is the next one. Which... Yeah, I mean that's just a that's a that's a dead topic because unless you get a fat lump sum from from a family member, you can't be buying buying anywhere in London. Else as well. That... I had a dream that we moved to Edinburgh. By the way. So let's let's discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually viable, especially if I was thinking about it. I was like, do you know what? This Who needs world. friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's genuinely like what's stopping me from think from even conceiving about moving. But we away can fly down. It's is like the a... idea of not being around friends and family. But then I see I have friends that have done it, and they're they're completely fine. So I don't know what. I don't know. It's a mental thing. Legitimately, you can fly down. It's like a 45-minute flight. It's know, not even that's, that bad. Um, that's carbon footprint nonsense. That's wasteful. All right, five hours on the train. Yeah, this fair is... enough. Anywho. Well, it's not that big a footprint. Anywho. Um, next one is... <laughs> the last one is build wealth and give back to society. Yeah, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think investing. I should wait until I... I shouldn't... I shouldn't be waiting till I'm rich to start giving out chari- charities and giving back. That yeah. doesn't make sense. Because if we all had to wait till we were rich, none of us would do it. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so those are the steps. And it just so happens that Tom and I were thinking about and started to save up an emergency fund of... We've now built up three months of expenses. So essentially that's... Um, rent and bills and basic normal food living costs as well and what do you mean normal living costs oh yeah like yeah. kind of like travel and yeah um anyway so then and then this happened and that's i guess what i want to kind of ask you on is with this situation Wait, uh, just before you ask me on that i um i recently watched a vid about emergency funds and i just want to give some helpful information potentially okay. Because you're on one today. (laughs) Take it away, folks. Let me just stretch. You have you you stretched out. Yeah. Yeah. No. So on the emergency funds, obviously we've currently got like three months or right three to four or whatever. But um, essentially, no, it's more like three. Yeah. The size of your emergency fund, like um, this guy was explaining, should be dependent on how easily you can get a job. So um, if you're in a high demand role, say, for example, if you're like an accountant or an engineer or a doctor, one of those like roles that is cut, like can be if you easily were, replicated if you had in a, a role country. that your immigrant parent would be proud of. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty like if much. you got like the bog standard, every single country, doesn't matter where you go in the world, they know what your job is. 
it's not niche. It, it's lawyer, just, uh, doctor, uh, uh, engineer. Yeah, pretty much. You all. You, <laughs> Please. All, <laughs> all you guys need is like three months, essentially, because it, it's yeah. not going to take you long to find something. And then if you're a bit more niche, like <laughs> yeah, uh, you could say that. Yes. <laughs> 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 a bit more niche or a bit more like as the I, I really take issue with this less qualified yeah well you are you like yeah no you well, no, no you are yeah to, you, for, to be a doctor you've got to do extra school yeah, okay, obviously fair. to be a lawyer you've got to do uh, come on don't be well they call them low skill workers it's mean we're but, low skill workers yeah. um, an I'm, undergrad don't mean shit no more yeah but yeah anyway <laughs> if you're in that category Essentially, you need to give yourself a six-month buffer. And I think if you think about it as well, realistically, like it probably takes you like a month to establish contact with a with a prospective employer. So that's like you applying, doing the application, sending in your application, getting callbacks, and then getting a callback. Maybe getting like the first round interview or whatnot. Yeah. And then like say like six, five or six weeks for you to actually land that role. Yeah. Um. But then obviously we know what this job market's like it's not guaranteed yeah, that you so will land at it this, at this stage it's probably more like 8 to 12 weeks well yeah it depends but he, he, this guy is basically saying if you have like a 6 month buffer and you're like really really serious and you're really really on it that yeah, should, it hopefully should hopefully be hopefully, enough yeah. time for you to um to be able to land something and then finally he said that if you're self-employed or you own a business or you have like um you've got like responsibilities like in in that realm that realistically you should have like 12 months yeah um and that's purely that's not just like personal costs but then that's also like running um, costs um costs that could be associated with your business yeah because you could be at risk at any given time like you could be liable it doesn't take a virus to do that yeah Yeah. it's yeah exactly like just yeah and yeah you can get business insurance and that's probably a wise move to do but do you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, those are like, I, I feel like that was a good, like, evolution of the um, emergency fund, like, touted by Dave. Like, it, I feel like it's easier to know, okay, I need three to six months because of my role and, and all that jazz. But I just wanted to, you know, explain and outline. That. Yeah. And I say we, so we have that, not, not, I'm not saying that to show off, mashallah, like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm we're not trying like, to flex, yeah, definitely not, not flex. like, no way. Like, but, and there's just... And and also we're fortunate enough that we can even we could even put some money aside each month to be able to build something up yeah. at all, right? And we're not living paycheck to paycheck in that way. And also but, as well, um, it did take a lot of like cutting out the fun stuff and, and stripping oh yeah, out no, direct we didn't do shit. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't like <laughs> Oh my god. No. And then exactly land in this position. Like fuck no. me, man. I had to forego a lot of shoe drops and I was gonna say, you <laughs> poor guy. And like cut out like certain bills and stuff, but yeah, it was just. I swear you didn't like buy an item of clothing unless it was unless yeah, your jeans bought, were ripped. I'm, yeah, genuinely, uh, jeans is the only thing I've bought in the past couple of months. And that's because they keep ripping yeah. in a specific area of the crotch. I don't know what is going <laughs> on. I don't Actually, know to what. Be fair, it's not I don't just know what me. Uniqlo is on about. I think it's a conspiracy across all jeans makers. Like we need to dig into this, or someone what, needs to do it. The crotch region yeah, is always it compromised. Keeps busting open, like what the. That's because you got thick thighs, girl. <laughs> They need to make it stretchy around that part or something. I don't know. Yeah, just put some elastic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so No, I feel you. It's it's a real struggle. But yeah, so Sorry. (laughs) On to on to other news. So the other thing we were thinking about was um 
so yeah no in terms of this kind of building up financial independence an emergency fund is I guess a really great first step and then thinking about those other ones just want to quickly touch on the student loan thing okay I've got yeah I'm ready for this combo I've got notes I don't want to debate for more than five minutes honestly we've okay, like look, this, uh, we've discussed this ad nauseum but i just want to give context I, I can just okay go on and then i'll basically I'll just... i'm of the view that it's debt and tom is of the view that it isn't and it's more of a tax yeah and w- which makes sense because the more you earn the more you the more you pay but we both agreed that at a certain threshold you would need to basically real like recognize that it starts to take out of your account quite a bit more money for example if you're on 25k a year it's maybe what like 50 quid max Mm. if you're on 35k a year it goes up to kind of the 80 90 100 and then if you go to like 40 50 60k that's when it starts to become like 300 400 pounds a month and then so so we can agree that it's more of a tax in that sense but then but then my my feeling is that the more there is a certain point i think it's like 40 or 45k where it starts to become a real burden where you can actually see like a substantial amount of money is coming out of your account that you could use towards saving goals you could use that towards a holiday it becomes more of like a monkey on your back in some way and that's when i kind of i i'm like really i suppose visual in that sense when i'm looking at a payslip and i see I see I don't by the way see that kind of money coming out for student loans I'm not at that level yet but you know though hopefully will come a time where I do where I do see that and that would bother me that I'm seeing like you know 400 500 a month or whatever coming out and that just and when I've got 21 grand and then when you know my younger brother and all the people that are from what 1994 1995 and below they they're they're paying 11 grand 9 grand a uh, nine, grand a year. nine grand a year that that that's going to be a lot of money that you're never going to be able, able to pay off so they're really taking chunks out of your salary for a, for a debt that you'll never it's just going to be endless because of the it, endless interest off, though, after 25 years yeah but they've taken so much of and look i borrowed it i need to pay it back i guess <laughs> i don't think i i don't think we should be paying for ed- this kind of education but, you know, and I was kind of naive. I didn't realise what I was kind of signing up for. And I, I wonder and I question whether I would have signed up for it. Whereas you're, like, super into it still. Yeah, I'm not anti. I'm the total opposite to you. So, for example, when I look at my paycheck and I see all of those deductions, like, when the moment I open my paycheck, I don't... I'm not, like, some... My attitude towards, like, the deductions is, like, okay, I need to pay my taxes. I need to pay my national insurance contributions. Um, and then I also need to pay the student loan tech. Um, but uh, but the- that's because it's not at a level that it's really eating at us. Like, say if we're, like, God willing, we get Wait, to that seven that my- 70k <laughs> mark and we're both on 70k, living it, living it up. I suppose it's, like, high enough salary that it might, you might not even feel it then. Not, well, let, me, let me progress on my... I won't go on for too long. But essentially... My attitude towards it is I just see it as just a, a big chart of the a big chunk of like the tax section. Like I all no, I'm I all, all I'm concerned about is that. what is the net payment and let me just make the most of it. There's no point me like getting upset yeah, but over the, But the issue is is that it's 
for something that you'll never you'll never be able to pay off so it's like an endless thing and often you're just paying interest you're not paying for the book you're yeah, not paying no, no, for the loan itself and then the other thing <laughs> is that if if it gets to that threshold where they start to take a little bit more and a little bit more and bearing in mind that if you have other goals in life if you want to buy a home if you want to travel if you like whatever your goals are that you need substantial amount of money for namely a deposit that is a lot of money that could go towards that and you can't get access to it let me land land the plane and we'll move on (laughs) so that so i've looked into this um because obviously i'm on plan one so there's two plans there's the plan two plan one and then um what's his name is it martin lewis the yes yeah so he, I don't want to talk about... No, he's recently, and not the video that we saw before, but he's recently done a video specifically for Plan 1 people. So that's me. Yeah. And you, I believe. Yeah. Um, Good for him. He really dislikes <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. No, I don't dislike him. I'm just saying I don't... I don't want this to be like a advert for some dude I I'm don't really know very well. saying where my, my, my info is You know, if, I, if this podcast gets uh, sponsored, it needs to get sponsored proper. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> Okay, look, right, let me run through this real quick. Land like, the plane. <laughs> Land it. Look, so my mind is this, okay, if I know that I've now breached that threshold, I feel like I don't want to then start acting all hasty and start chucking money at it Um, in a very, like, not in a... Cause hasty my, way, yeah, I get yeah, that, right? Hasty, so then what does wait, he wait, say? Wait. So, um, no, I'm not talking about what he's saying, but I'm just saying where my thinking has come from in relation to what he said. Um... I feel like that's poor asset allocation. Um, and what you actually need to be doing is like work out how much interest you'd be paying like on a yearly basis and try and come up with a lump sum to pay it off. But then even then, I feel like you then have to balance that against what else could I be doing with that money? And is it okay for me just to be paying like a certain amount a month knowing that it's going to chop it down eventually rather than forfeiting a whole huge chunk of money that could have been used for something else so for example it's like having like maybe if you have like two or three kids it's like if i was to chuck all my money at my firstborn i shouldn't then when i turn around to my second and my thirdborn be like surprised when they start acting some type of way to me so it's like i feel like yes by all means once you've reached that threshold it's now time to start paying it but my thing is is that okay what's the smartest way that this can be paid down and i can achieve my goal of getting rid of that debt but then not also at the detriment to the other financial goals that i may have for example investing or building up a pension pot yeah i get that but like paying it all off would then mean if assuming that you've got the same kind of income coming in and you know, the the whole reason why you've built up some kind of savings, be able to have the option to pay this off means there's something coming in and it should continue to come in. So if you're if you've somehow built up a lump sum, you can do it again. It's yeah. so and then but if but if it means that you've you say goodbye to, to this thing and then for the for the rest of your life the five hundred, four hundred, three hundred coming out of your account is yours because you've said goodbye to this this thing that, you know, you've borrowed money from this company and they're getting it back from you through your paycheck plus interest i mean there's i don't know what else you call that other than debt (laughs) 
Like, well, the, no, just the, the fact that it's well, convenient doesn't mean that it's not debt. No, the other thing that I... The reason why I do not take him seriously, and I know this was based on when I first came out of uni and I wasn't earning I know, as much. No, but you're like, this 10 years but, on, man. No, but I'm just saying, when I never forget that moment of, like, paying... Knowing that my money was being taken out and then talking, seeing how much they added on in interest... And then it just basically cancelled out all of the payments that I made. I was like, you guys are never going to get your money. Like, if you're going to keep No, but we agreed, this, yeah. but Tom, we agreed on that. And then we said that that changes, that shifts. Yeah. When you start earning more money, it starts shifting to where they actually do start getting money back from you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought we agreed on that. No, we do. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about my attitudes and my yeah. Ten years ago, when you were on, when you whatever like minimum wage or first job, like I don't know what what your situation was, but like obviously it would like they weren't taking enough for you to feel the burn. I'm saying that, and we know that there's a certain threat. I think it's forty k where they you start to feel the burn. Yeah, and they do start to start to milk you. Is you're happy to just get them out of the way and then start from scratch on whatever? Whereas I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'd rather take a bit more of a a A scenic route. uh, Yeah, yeah, where they take more money out of you. A broader, more dynamic route. (laughs) Anyway, so next up is so thinking about getting rid of debt. What's the third? What's the third step? So emergency fund. The third one. The fourth. The fourth step. Uh, so after emergency fund is investment and retirement and i've made this one of my personal my personal like goals for this year um in like in regards to finances is to want actually know where my pensions are (laughs) yeah yeah there's that so okay obviously sort out the um replenish and and get the emergency fund back to a, a good place but then also just get oh a, that's sorry yeah to interrupt that's yeah. that's worth noting that the emergency fund is is like a ever evolving thing so if your expenses increase or your yeah basically your expenses if they increase or decrease then your emergency fund needs to adjust to that so if we moved out of this if we got chucked out of this place we had to like go somewhere that had higher rent we would need to make up that difference in yeah. our emergency fund yeah it would change yeah um, so yeah, and I'll, it's a lifelong thing, and yeah. it needs to be in a place where you can access it very, very easily. Obviously, for emergency. Yeah, and we've recently been talking about because um, obviously inflation is a thing, and the value of your yeah. money goes down over time. Um, talking about putting, putting that, some uh, of it yeah. in an easy access, and then some of it can build up. Yeah, like one of those easy access ices that is able to earn a certain amount of money that can then hopefully compensate the loss in inflation. The loss yeah. due to inflation, well, but close the gap. It yeah. won't. It won't make up. But anywho, the other major like thing so, yeah, that I want. You're wanted... trying to get uh, get in on pensions. Yeah, pensions and investing. But investing, I'm I'm doing on the side. That's fine. But pensions like that, I uh, confusion. <laughs> Just literally question marks all Baffled. over the gap. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing that bugs me as well that I'm very very aware of. Like this isn't the the 1990s or the 1980s or the 70s or way back when where you would work for one company for like maybe 10, 20, 15 years for the end of your days. Like we're constantly constantly shifting. Yeah, we're hopping around, and each time you go to a new job, this new place is hooking you up with Royal London. Then that place will be like, no, we're with Aviva. Then this place is like Legal and General. And then do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, or um some other investment I feel like we just need to pick one and then every time I I feel like other employers 
do give you an option to, to like get your pension sent through your your person. Yeah, I, I but yeah, I it's what, complicated. I'm basically saying I'm illiterate when it comes to this thing, and I need yeah. to find a way and consolidate because I don't want to get to a stage where I'm 65 or 70. 70 I looked or whatever, at like and my I'm, current pension thing, yeah. and they gave me a form. They gave me a letter to like kind of update me on the statement and whatnot. And they said, you know, with the going rate, with the way, you know, I don't know, I don't think I maxed it out by any means, but I also don't think it was the best pension scheme and that, you know, that a company could give me. Um, and they said, you know, at the age of retirement at 72 or whatever, the, whatever it was, um, you'll have £7,068. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is For not like, going to run. 35 years this of your life. This is not going to run. That this ain't... can't run. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel you on that one. Like, And imagine that I was saying... It's crazy how disempowering yeah. the whole thing is. So, yeah, there's the amount that you need to build up. And then my, my big worry is that we're all going to have so many different pension pots and we're going to have different passwords and login details for no, those No, I think what you have, like, what you do is you consolidate them, but you pay a fee to do yeah. it. So your company will... Yeah, so it depends. But but yeah, if I, so I'm making it my aim, like, this year, once the Rona's, like, if it if it's here to stay, it's here to stay. But yeah, once things stay. have stabilised and, like, I feel a bit more, like, sort out the immediate issue and immediate problem, I do want to get onto just making sense of it and knowing what the smart thing to do but part of me part of me too feels like it's especially like you said we're jumping from place to place i don't know if i'm going to find a company that i will stay at for the next 25 years because i love it that much i don't think that's in my nature to to do that i might it might be but i don't think so yeah and so therefore i have to sort of take matters into my own hands almost as if i was self-employed where you know you're take you're making the most of whatever the employer is is giving but and that that will differ depending on the on the employer some max out at three percent and you're like shit okay better make that work and then others are way more generous but i want to maybe try and figure out a way to build something up on the side as well you know i guess that's where investing comes into it yeah um, talk about your investing a little bit oh yeah so um i've been investing with this app called free trade um, and I'm only doing small amounts. Like oh my, yeah, no, like yeah. Um, literally, because like, they're and five pounds. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got like two hundred quid invested total. All right, flexing. No, but I'm just like. And as soon as we need it, you're getting it out. You're, <laughs> no, I'm just you're saying taking that, that money out. Like that. The reason why. Close. What's the what's the thing? Like, what's what's all the terminology? Tokyo closing. Tokyo. <laughs> but yeah, pull like, out! Pull out before Tokyo opens. <laughs> No, the only reason why the pot is so small is because um, I'm basically trying to use that small pot as a way of learning. Because I've done like, you know, when they've got like two trading two on two demo accounts or or like you can invest up to here's a thousand pounds of fake money. And it, it's and when you see it goes down, it's like eh, it, it is what it is. But when it when you see it's your 10 pound that's now worth seven pounds that like you yeah. feel a different way. And it's like <laughs> forced me to learn things about like averaging down or like looking yeah. at the fundamentals what's the price to equity ratio what's the oh, assets God, and is, liabilities this, of the company you're speaking like, what's spanglish the man to, what you want about <laughs> no but these are like different i don't know what you're talking about no, what I'm saying, maybe you should do another episode on it but like it it reminds me of um this book i read about like if you want somebody to like take you seriously you need to have some skin in the, skin in the game 
Yeah. Um, and like you actually have to show that you are fully invested. Like it's that whole Greek notion of like burn the boats. Like the only way we're gonna like survive is if we like burn the boats. And what are you want about? No, it's you like... literally got an app on your iPhone and you're like <laughs> you're investing in Burberry. Like this is it's not that deep. <laughs> it like, is <laughs> burning boats. What is happening? No, but I'm basically trying to emphasize and make the point that the reason why I've actually basically by having my own money in there it's forced me to learn about stuff because i don't want to lose my own money and then hopefully whilst we're doing all of these other things like building up our emergency fund and and getting wrapping our heads around all of that all of that is on is on a very strict pause so when it comes we biggest fish to fry right now but yeah when things stabilize hopefully by the by that point, I we're not gonna then be like, oh, we don't know how to invest. Okay, let's get an investment manager. That's then just gonna like literally not really. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, do well, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I feel like it's a journey. There's th- like whatever your priorities are. I don't think, I don't think that's the priority for a lot of people. I think a lot of people's priorities is to, and this is not coming on to the next one, is to, um, buy what a home. Oh yeah, buying some people see home. buying a home as an investment. Well, yeah, because in, in some ways that it you is. Live inside. So let's talk about buy it because there's a reason why you're you're eyeing up investments more than property. Yeah, oh, and by the way, like, the, I mean, this is all just what's the word like? This is personal pipe, pipe dreams. Like, this is not on the radar whatsoever. <laughs> What's up? Didn't we see the thing that the average average deposit rate for London is one hundred nine grand? Yeah. To which I say, let's go. Let's go to Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> now the maddest thing is with like, I'm just touching on housing. Like, if you look at an, a million a, a one million pound house, like through the eyes of like an average Joe, it you would think, yeah, that's that's gonna be like that's my one. Fir- that's those nice ones in Notting Hill, right? No, no, it's not even that. It's like, yeah, that's my first house, like a one million pound house. Damn. Like in terms of what you expect no, to get no. for your money, like your. Oh, so you're thinking like when I I want to buy a house, I want it to be a three bedroom, yeah. nice kitchen, two bathrooms, in an uh, you're just thinking nearby. standard house. You're thinking standard, but actually it ends up being that's a, a one million pound yeah, house. Like all mad. the houses we really actually want in London are between seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. No, no, let's be a bit more kind. Six hundred thousand pounds to a mil. Like those are the houses that we assume thousand pounds ones are not even. Yeah, they're like, not even that nice. Like it's just some of these areas that you'll be finding these houses in you're like yo like this isn't this this is still Halsden or do you get what um, or this is still um, but then that's I guess the idea is like wood green or like buy cheaper in an area that's up and coming but I don't I think we've even missed the boat on that I think that I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. Of buying an up and coming because they're all just now like everyone's doing the same thing so there's no there's probably no dusty areas but then talking about Talk about your thing of um, it has to be a blessing, not a curse. And then what led you to start pivoting towards investing? So my thing is, is that if when I don't basically, I don't feel like a house is the great and greatest investment you can make. I only think, yes, it's a necessity, especially 
later in life it is good to own a house so that you don't have to worry about living costs yeah um, especially when you don't have the ability to earn any money because you're retired yeah um so at that point yeah you definitely need to sort yourself out and get the hook up and, and buy something um yeah but you can't that doesn't make any sense for you to be able to live in that without living costs you need to have paid your mortgage off and for you to have paid your mortgage off, mortgage off you need to have bought it 30 years prior well no but so you'll basically have, now but then that's the whole point of investing but you would have the capital then to be able to buy so, and the kinds of homes that people buy for retirement isn't the same type of home that a family would live in it would be like a small bungalow or something to get so saying. we're saving up all this money to buy a bungalow when we're 60. <laughs> no, I'm just... I just don't think oh this is going to work. Wait, you're not... You're shooting you know the I mean, fox though? before it, like... It, this fox peeps its head out the Do window you know what, and though, then it what gets... I will say... So we... <laughs> oh my the whole days, reason... <laughs> Go on. No, okay, so look. <sighs> You've really, like, <laughs> stumbled me here. Um. So... <laughs> <laughs> Days. How am I supposed to sound intelligent when I'm umming and laughing like this? <sighs> Apologies. So, basic, my issue is that I feel like houses are not the most liquid asset going. So, when I want to realize the value no, of my house... No, they're not liquid at all. Yeah, when I want to realize the value of my house they're and solid. to cash in... Solid as a rock. I need to be able to sell that house quickly. Yeah. Which you can't do. By the way, Whereas I saw a picture where LeBron James has been trying to sell... No, Michael Jordan has been trying to sell his Chicago mansion for the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So wrong. No, but imagine like, that. Yeah, no, that's a perfect example. Damn. So MJ's got an eight mil house. An eight no, mil investment, no, 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 essentially. Not, uh, no, it's like a 28 mil house. But oh, he's been t- trying to sell it for eight years uh, i guess the buyers are eight a, a bit years. far and few between well, but yeah. i guess the fact that it was owned by michael jordan should surely make yeah it the gates have a 23 on them wow oh, that's just sad yeah but yeah. <laughs> to your point but yeah that kit like that really like there's no guarantees that someone's gonna like your house yeah and, and there's no guarantees that by the time you want to sell it it's gone up in value yeah which is the whole yeah. reason to sell a house is so that you can get some equity in Basically, yeah. like in terms of like seeing it as an investment, I feel like it's just too expensive in terms of like what you have to do in in order to be able to get your return. So you're you're buying you a house that's the... like worth what three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand pounds just to sell it that's and see like it for go a off. one bed flat. Yeah, and just for it to go up in value by like, um, like in this day and age, like if you've held it for a while, like, and a while means. So you said that you're not even going to be able to start building equity until five years in. Oh yeah, I'll get onto that in a second. But I mean, just like in because terms of- because you're paying off interest, the more so the mortgage is basically the value of the property plus interest. Yeah. And you're you're you buy the house, but then you have to pay start paying your mortgage, and you only really start building equity until you're settled in. By which point you might have had kids or whatever life circumstances or whatever. And you want to move and there's not really anything to move with 
necessarily. Well, there'll it be depends. something, but it's like you haven't built up the equity that you thought you built up because yeah. you've paid off, and it, that also depends on the length of your mortgage and, and a whole bunch of other jazz. But yeah. the other point, the point I was just basically making was is that you've put down a certain amount of capital, and then in order to realize a bit, like the true value of that, you need to be able to go through the gauntlet of being able to sell it, and then when you do sell it, you're only probably going to get like a, I don't know, like maybe a ten. 30 if you're lucky 100 grand um like increase in value or whatever oh, right. and it um and the problem is as well is that and as that you isn't said, that in of itself is not enough to buy another house yeah that's only yeah. gonna get you part of the way so it, it would just be the it'll deposit your, yeah. it'll be the deposit for the new house that the news doing it all over again you start building equity on that thing now no but that's why they call it a ladder you start with your first home and then you build your way up to no your i know home. but i'm just thinking but, like and then the whole idea of like paying off your mortgage is i assume for the home that you're now in that you feel is your forever home yeah and then, it's the and one that, that you can grow into but then again case in point okay so you reach your forever home with the money that you've built up from all the other houses that you've been paying mortgages off. But then are you going to be giving up that forever home or are you going to be living in the forever home? You're going to be living in the forever home. So therefore, it's not really an investment. No. To get all Yeah, like, it's not. And then the other thing as well is just that... The only value would be if you downsize significantly. Like yeah. if you built yourself up to a six-bed house and then downsize to a one-bed flat. Yeah, That's and then when you keep the change sound, from. Keep the change, yeah, yeah, then you've invested and you've made your money. But yeah. like most people are doing it because they want to put a roof over their family's head and stuff. So it's more. I think of a that's commodity. the problem that I have is that it's when it comes to fundamental human right. I don't know if we're if particularly like thinking about property as an investment, like a like building up rental properties. So you know, having buy to lets like this. Okay, this this will be the the means for me to build up financial independence is if I purchase this and have renters and then put the rent up every year and take a, essentially take advantage of people that need shelter as a, as a fundamental human right. And I'm going to give them rent that's market rate, quote, whatever that is, like, quote, market rate. It should just be the value of the mortgage, right? Well, then what that you person want. needs an incentive to do it. You need to break, like, you need to break even. And that's as much as you were willing to pay for the mortgage is as much as a renter should have to pay for rent. But that is just not how it goes. Like you said, there is no incentive for the landlord or landlady to, to have a buy to let in the first place. Hmm. They've got to make some change with it. So, you know, they give you a, a, and you just have to hope that they don't, they're not an arsehole and they don't increase it each year and push you out and get new people in that are dumb enough to pay that kind of money i mean when we were looking we were looking around the august september time and people were we were fighting against students that had like rich parents that would just literally put any money down just to secure the place you know mm. for these like one bedroom flats that land landlords will take advantage of 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 basically sponge often sponging people you know of of their their need for shelter <laughs> just feels so so yeah there is moral like yeah. again there's a moral aspect of it as well like i again like this might be my like lefty side coming up but yeah i don't feel like uh i don't feel like money should be made off of 
people's yeah. living and, and that's why i feel like when we were i'm not saying they shouldn't pay rent like they should pay rent but i just don't feel like it should be like a way i wouldn't feel happy but there's a whole methodology like, there's a whole know. methodology behind it right like if you buy if you buy a buy to let if you have a property investor that you need the way you make a return is if you get if you get renters and you get tenants okay so now for you for that to be worth it for you you need to make a four percent five percent yield which basically means that they're paying off your your mortgage and then some each month and then each year you're seeing basically basically you're getting extra income coming in and then if you have enough rental properties you can live off that income mm. um but I don't know. Yeah, I, I obviously I share the same concerns with you of you know whether that it, the, it feels the, unethical. It feels, like, I, I was just it, about to say it calls to question like yeah. the like, ethical kind of boundaries here of like so someone that's our age who got a better start in life, quote better, whatever you want to perceive as better, is now a landlord and is taking advantage of the likes of you and me and don't get me wrong like if i put myself in their shoes they're probably seeing it as like i provide a a smart move i provide a service for that family so that they can have shelter and and have a home and they don't and as a result of like me providing them that service they don't have to have the benefits i mean they don't have to put up the money to own the home because they can just rent it from me yeah but that's just just, telling themselves what they want to hear so that they can feel better about their decisions they are ultimately trying to become financially independent off of the backs of renters and tenants Mm. (laughs) and in cities where like berlin and uh la and london there's you know housing crisis and that that is the reason part that's part of the reason why yeah social housing is kind of out of the window and we're all just sort of stuck with we have to pay these these ridiculously high rents that keep going up and up yeah until you get ousted until there is another tenant that is willing to pay what you're not willing to pay and then you have to figure it out move somewhere else i'm gonna go out on a limb and just say that i feel like a booming housing a booming private housing sector is a bane on society yeah. because obviously it means like in terms of workers and and like people have then re like have to re like they have to rethink like is it viable living here and all this jazz like yeah. I don't know it's just not basically long story cut short in terms of like seeing it as an investment class I feel like you just have to do too much like you're you're sacrificing too much just to get so little in return and it's not the days of like there's not as we said like there's not really anywhere else that's like an up-and-coming area like yes there's small pockets here and there but not not like um there was a security guard i'll I'll never forget him um i had to go do a job so i had to go drop some tapes off at um at like at some broadcaster um center where they where the satellite dishes are and they beam it out across the world and then, so I, I rolled up to the place and then I saw the security guard and we got talking for because the place wasn't open by the time I got there or whatever. And he was sort of telling me about how he bought his house in St. John's Wood went like um, 30 years ago for um, £70,000. Oh and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did you say St. John's Wood? Wow. As in like where the Lord's Cricket Ground is, as in behind Baker Street, as in below Swiss Cottage, that that St. John's Wood where Primrose Hill is. And he's like, yeah, and he just just laughed in my face because he knows that what I knew that that place is now worth a gazillion or whatever. It would probably be worth like a mil or 
to get what I'm saying. It's like I feel like those days of like the like the real like boom is just yeah I don't know it's just it's I feel like things are just inflated now and yeah, we're not going to see are. those huge huge returns. We like, can't it's not afford what our parents had had the chance to afford. Yeah. Um, like it's not viable like no. getting a mortgage it's just like that's what I was saying earlier like you have to and at this point like I do, I used to hold stigma against like parents giving help to their kids on like deposits yeah. and helping out with this sort of stuff and I just don't have that sort of stigma or I don't hold that stigma or that kind of judgment anymore I don't know why I did well I kind of mm, more it just like, feels unfair to you because you know, it's like you're not getting the help. Because I'm not getting yet. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like, but at I, the or same just time, not fundamentally believing that you know you should like take handouts like that. Yeah. You should work for your money. But then, but then I realised <laughs> that in this in this situation, it is you can work your ass off, and it just it's not built for you. This system is not built for for us. You can't. What was that TikTok you can't me? buy a home. And build a build, you know, if that's your goal, if that's what you want to build a home and, you know, have family and I don't know, do whatever, grow into it, retire there, whatever. That's not possible unless you've got a lump sum. Or you have to leave London. Yeah, so exactly. And I I don't know, we'll always debate this, but now I'm kind of coming around to the idea of like going to Edinburgh. (laughs) Oh, that's the third time I've said this. Anyway, yeah, I dropped that to you like a couple months ago. You were a bit. I've never been, but yeah. I'm Scot. I'm half Scottish, so. But then, but my my family are from Glasgow. Enemy territory. So that's like, do I move to Glasgow? Oh, I don't know. I kind of want to. I don't know. I need to, let me nice. let's visit and yeah. then we'll make a choice, make a decision. <laughs> as long as we're near an airport, right, that's we... all good. Should but, we wrap up? But yeah, not anywho. Look, so just just bringing it back. The reason I prefer stocks and stuff because it feels like in that case you're investing in a company that's providing people with products and services that they actually want and it's not like a necessity like it's things yeah it, it's it not feels, a human right yeah it feels a bit more of a win-win like I design a great product people like this product that person's happy they have the product I'm happy I've sold them that person the product they're not feeling angry and feeling some type of way or they've been okay, you, off. yeah you create the narrative yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all in and also as well like the returns are <laughs> I feel like are greater like if you look at Shopify in the past month it's gone up by like 120% like you and, and like, if you had invested in that a month ago exactly yeah, yeah. so I imagine now me slaving away trying to save up for a deposit for a house just then to be able to flip it in like who knows how many years time like i could have made that money like in like in less than a so year on the, i on guess the stock is, market. The, is the idea then to save up that kind of money so deposit for i don't know it depends if you're doing 10 percent, 20 percent, but like whatever the point is is to save up a lump sum like a sizable amount of money and then diverse Split that into chunks and invest them in different areas. Yeah, I'd ra- I'd rather have a like if you was to ask me if you want, like in terms of like actually investing, I wouldn't mind if I was just renting a place. But then I also knew in the back of my mind I've got a really sick investment portfolio of companies. Yeah, yeah, and like maybe some private ventures here, like and and whatnot. I would be satisfied with that. And then at some point I'll cash a part of that in and then go get me a house with like an even greater equity stake. So then I know. But that what I is that point? Is that no, when you're sixty? No, not when you're sixty or whatever. Like if I know I've got myself where I can buy into a house at more than 20%. So like maybe yeah. like I can pay down 50% of the house's value and then have a much smaller mortgage. 
I'd rather do it that way around. Yeah. But I'm like, I know it's not. It just, I, I don't know, it's maybe just the not the done thing, is yeah. it? So, and also you're saying that as if that, you know, that is exactly how it will work and it doesn't work like that yeah. or off, you know, a lot of the time. But I think what I realized is, you know, there is a lot of pressure for us to be homeowners because it's the right thing to do. It's the stability. And it would be the only reason why I would want to own a home is just the idea of not having to like, pack up and move out of, of a flat each year or every two years so it just really bothers me the idea. and especially if you bring kids into that it's a nightmare but other than that I really don't see the point of of having kind of doing this rat race thing to get on a ladder it's not that I'm never anymore. gonna I'm, then I'm never gonna get off of I, feel I like don't know it just feels weird and I feel like it's this country's American dream yeah it is but it the is. problem is is that it's been the dream for so long that so many people have now done it to the point that now the markets are so inflated and yeah. as you said it's a hundred thousand average first time buyers deposit in London. Like, Obviously that it, means that there's a lot of people that are putting down fifty and there's yeah, a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I mean It's just like I don't And for us to save fifty grand. Like if then, we were to start saving now for fifty grand, forget it. And obviously everyone during this time especially, like, and also we're about to enter into a recession. So we all have to buckle up and just, you know, hope for hope that for the best. But awesome as well. that might also mean that there's a drop in the market. Yeah, which is happening. Like, yeah. cause, uh, no, I mean like housing market. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's, it's happening. Will the bubble burst? Hopefully. Find but out next time. Another <laughs> thing as well is like, okay, I, people's, the common argument against it is uh, you're paying somebody else's mortgage, blah, 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 and all this. You're and paying that. someone else. Yeah, we are. We are but paying. Then, this, said, our landlord is a very wealthy man, from what I understand. <laughs> this My is, man owns 200 properties. He owns, this is one of 200, 199 <laughs> other properties in, in the country or in London yeah, alone. In the country in the country so my man's cashing in but Um, like no here's the thing like as i said before like um i would rather rent a house that i know is worth a million than rent than own a house that we can afford which isn't gonna be what you think Mm. Do, do you remember what I was saying? That the house that I would basically that... what we can afford would be a studio, and <laughs> <laughs> um, we do not have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> yeah, yeah we need about... at least a one bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, basically, I, I feel like we're renting. You'll get a better quality of house in the in the here and now. But then like, whereas... you're saying that, but I feel like you've got cash. You've got a like. You gotta get in at some point. No, but you've got to strike gold with the kind of landlord you have, because it's easy for us to say that now because our landlord's great. We basically don't hear from him. Yeah. But then you get. We know of so many other cases where people have landlord breathing down the neck. Yeah, (laughs) and and being really pedantic about you know the the walls and putting nails in and blue tack and pets and just there's so many elements to it where it isn't yours. And I think we can say that yeah, we like renting now, but. If we five, ten years from now, you know, have kids and we want a pet and we can't get a pet because, I mean, you know me and dogs, man. If I don't have a dog in the next ten years, I'm going to burst. But then I'm going to burst. But if the landlord is not down for that, then you have to, like, find properties that are okay with it, find properties that have a garden and then hope they don't find out, whatever. I don't know. But... 
you but know, the just, logic again behind it's the agency it, yeah. you don't have. The logic behind it again is just that you're not just renting. You're supposed to also be saving up and investing your money. So your money is supposed to be like working for Assuming you. Assuming your up. rent is yeah. manageable, but, but then typically, again, if you're doing, if you're buying a house in the right way, your mortgage would be cheaper than yeah, that of rent. But it's not really though. Yeah, we've kind of looked into. We've it. looked into it. It's not really. I know maybe maybe it's just like let's park this for another time and see what happens yeah. to that bubble because like you said that you're right it's the 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 kind of market is so inflated that th- there is no real right move here you can kind of crunch all the numbers and try and figure out what what codes you can hack into but it feels like it's not set up for you anyway yeah as i said I those know. those million pound houses i'm eyeing them up that needs to be let's drop that down to 500 yeah for real <laughs> for real yeah because imagine you put you spent a million pounds and that's all you get like nah nah nah, nah yeah nah. it's a million pounds like <laughs> damn are you kidding me honestly million. like that's your homework for today just that's- go on on right move or zoopla and just look at what a one million pound house That's looks six like zeros yeah six zeros honestly you'd think you're getting like the nice farmhouse in in wiltshire or so it, it's not that look at a million pound house in london but then we just can't we can't stay in london it's, it's the gist yeah, guys we we're moving to edinburgh just <laughs> i've said it it's happening it's happening we might sayonara <laughs> on it we might have yeah, to, as, as anyway. sad as that might seem even if it's to build up the equity and then come even back. if no even if it's just renting like it just feels like even at that at renting in the city is yeah. is going it just keeps getting worse and worse to the point where for for the amount of money you're paying i mean we already know it's the amount of money we're paying for rent now we can get a three-bedroom house on do you mm-hmm. know what i mean anywho okay bring anywho it, bringing it back to a bit more of a broader less personal um situation um so in terms of like the financial side of the equation how do you think this crisis has been handled by our leaders and what would you like to see changed in society general more generally oh we're really taking it to the macro okay so yeah we've done the personal now let's go let's go big <laughs> you've heard enough of us um they've had it depends it, it depends who you ask i think if you're if you're somebody that is employed and furloughed, they've handled it as well as they can, I guess. Maybe they, you know, it'd be nice to get 100%, they've given you 80. You know, it depends it, within that group. Some people feel like that's that's exactly what we need and then others feel it's like it's not enough. Mm. And then there's the people that kind of are have fallen in, in between the cracks that aren't being looked into yet, the people that are in between jobs. Freelancers. Freelancers, self-employed. And then you take it out even to a much larger scale and you look at how other countries are dealing with it. And we really, it feels like we kind of sit in the middle between countries that are have taken care of everything and then the likes of the US that have done Yeah, what do you think about all. that? Well, they've given them their stimulus checks. No, they gave one stimulus check a month ago. So what about this month's rent? What about next month's rent? That's the question. It's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing there. It's it's unfathomable how like we we were talking about like how just the, I guess the different the different cultural attitudes towards government involvement. Yeah. And how it feels like in Britain we we to some extent you know we we carry the you know we work hard for a living but we also have a lot of um, I feel like we have a lot of people that that take pride in sponging off the government. 
No, but see the terminology that you've just said, sponging off the government, as if to say that's not our own money that we've been putting no, in but, for all these years. No, yeah, but let me. Fin- I'm saying there's the people that take advantage of it. Yeah. That's what I mean. And then that's why we see the Channel Five TV shows, like you know, six kids on benefits yeah. for bed. You know, so there's that kind of side to it. And then the other side of our culture is, I think it's been revealed in this time, like this spike in people applying for universal credit, mm. is in- indicative of. The fact that we generally don't like to go near, you know, government assistance if we can help it. But as soon as we're in hard times, we have no shame, rightly so, about applying for help, about asking for assistance. And I think that's the way it should be. Like we, we pay into the system, and if we fall in hard times, we we deserve to to gain from the system until we get back on our feet. And that's been the case since before this crisis. And obviously they are now honouring payments um, during the crisis as well with naturally more people are applying for it. Um, and But then, you know, when you take it further out and look at how other countries are dealing with it, it just feels like there's not enough clarity on how, how long this will be going on for. I, we get that it's not, um, it's not something you can know, but... I guess what I'm looking for is uh, we will take care of you until this is all over and I don't think we're getting that you know I think the furlough scheme for example has been extended but it's not quite clear what the conditions are and whether they'll reduce it to 60% and whether but I'm saying that there was a lot of that kind of uh, debate around what, what the conditions were and how to meet them and okay so my my question is past October are you gonna cut it all together i mean it just feels like they're obviously waiting for the next opportunity to not have this much involvement because it's expensive for them but i don't know what about you well my thing is i feel like um i feel like this country has handled it pretty well like from a financial um standpoint obviously i'm not going to talk about the health side because that's a hot mess but, yeah, that's yeah. a real disappointment. <laughs> but financially, yeah, I do agree. I think the furlough is a good move um, and, like, should be commended. Like, I'm, I'm glad they've stepped up in that regard. And I'm glad that they've now extended it to August at, before they start tinkering and making changes and stuff. Um, the thing that I find interesting, and you touched on it before, is I've, I'm, I want to see how attitudes towards... Um, like universal credit and benefits changes um because obviously now a lot of middle class people are being forced um yeah to, uh, because people are being re- made redundant or like maybe they're 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 one of those people that have fallen through the cracks and stuff yeah. i want to see how those people are gonna like what's the discourse gonna be around like people taking benefits are people gonna be now more a bit more empathetic and yeah. stuff because yeah. they can see it's not like it's not all guns and it's not guns and roses it's not all like roses it's not all flat screen televisions and like living at yeah. large at home like, it's, with a but that's Stella, what the like, media yeah. is tells us like and i hopefully now people are gonna be a bit more sympathetic and a bit more invested in hopefully like having a social safety net and like because I yeah. think it's important and I'm really really glad that like I know this country has its like small c conservative libertarian edge like where they want to be like America and they, they want deregulation and, and, and all of that stuff 
Um, but we can see what this crisis is doing yeah, to I'm the American people. I'm so glad people. we didn't go down that road. And just, and just even something sim- like 50% of salary paid yeah. would be better than what they're doing now. Yeah. They, gave, they gave everyone, regardless of salary, they gave everyone £1,200. Sorry, dollars. And that was it. And some of it came late. And if they found out that you were married to somebody with a green card, sometimes they didn't give it to you because they're fucking racist. Like they they were sneaky about it, and they were they were selective, and it was a one off payment. And I just feel like it goes to that the difference in the cultural attitudes yeah. towards government involvement of like we we don't want handouts, we don't want handouts. But then the, the so the, and the, and the, that's that's coming to fruition now. Yeah, the, also as well, the good thing about doing it, like, again, from an economic standpoint is because when it comes to now, like, restarting the economy and stuff, like, people are going to be in a better position to do that. They're not going to be saddled with, like, tons and tons of debt. They're not going to have gone through, like, an emotionally traumatic time because they've had to worry about their finances, like, what people in the States are going through right now. Like, it's just, I feel like it just lessens the burden and it puts us in a better position to recover when the time comes. The other thing as well that I would like to see, there's two things I'd like to see happen. I don't know if there's like some sort of way that um, they could try and focus on like the digital economy or like services that haven't been too affected. Like work out what are those industries and those sectors that have been getting on okay? Because I feel like right now, you know, with Boris talking about getting back to work and all this and that, he's looking at like manufacturing, he's looking at construction and all these places. Like that will traditionally like contribute to like the country's GDP and stuff. But I feel like a good another alternative good move to make would be to look at those industries and those sectors that are still managing to get by and are thriving. And how can we get more people like to work in those sectors that are currently looking for work? Like flag it up or how can we grow those? Because I feel like we're going to be in this situation for at least like a year and a bit. Yeah. So and I don't think the answer is trying to send people physically back to work like we've seen it's blown up in our faces our R rate the number of infections has yeah, gone it's up. Yeah, gone up less than a week. Yeah, in- instantly. So I feel like the yeah. smarter move would be like okay, yo, let's reconfigure people. If we have to do like courses and stuff, let's do it. Like let's get people retrained up so that they can like take advantage of what the new landscape's going to be rather than trying to hold on to like the crumble and the and fragments so, from and the And also last talking one. about how we can come back to normal. There is no yeah, normal no, now. No, there's no, no normal it's time to adjust and we that. will will be faced with you know all kinds of challenges like going forward but what we can do about it is you know try and get get ourselves clued up on what our options are to try and stay financially yeah. stable and you know the government will do what they do and to be fair they've succumbed to a lot of public pressure to to make the right calls in certain areas and um, as long as we continue to do that that's that's great but um I think now more than ever I just feel like I can't let I can't let like outside forces or external situations or circumstances impact my internal um like sense of security yeah no obviously I'm not talking on a personal no but I'm saying I'm bringing it back to the bring it back to the (laughs) one more question before you bring it back yeah I'm really tired (laughs) universal basic income where do you stand um, I think it's good, but it's limited. It basically, um, I'm not going to take credit for this this thought. Someone else told me, but if you if you give everyone, so say you give everyone a thousand pounds a month, um, 
And then based on everyone's income, you take that back. So if you're like a high earner, if you're a millionaire, billionaire, you take it, we claim that back. People psychologically are less inclined to give money back if once they've been given it than to not have been given it at all. Right? Does that make sense? What do you mean? So you're you're a millionaire mm-hmm. and I'm on 30K. Mm-hmm. We both get the grand mm-hmm. and there's a system in place where they ask you for the grand back. Mm-hmm. You're less inclined to give it. Whereas if we had a system so you where... you need to more tax evasion. Yeah. Whereas if you had a system where you only give it to me you never get it in the first place. You you not you're not missing anything. Do you get it? But then it comes up with envy, and that's when you get the whole benefit scrounges and stuff. Because what I'm saying, I feel like what you've just described is what we currently have now. Whereas if somebody's in need, that person will get money, but that person is also demonized for taking that money. Mm, yeah, but it, like you said, if we're if we're changing our tact here and we're thinking going forward about social, you know. Um, security that no one is immune to this and if everyone is kind of change shifts their attitudes towards towards it the other option is um uh what was it negative tax so if you think about as uh, what negative interest rates or no this? negative tax so 20 percent, 40 percent, yeah mm-hmm. so you're a millionaire you're on 50 percent. i'm 30k i'm on 20 percent, and then someone that's on 14k is on negative five so they get a five percent rebate so not only do they not get taxed but they'll they get some extra cash to get them by so it's an income it's income related it's based on your income how much money you give to the government or how much you get from the government but it's automated in that way so it's called negative tax do you know do you i haven't heard it? of that one the- do you get the concept? I get the concept, but yeah, I've not heard of that. And I think that that would lead to less tax evasion rather than universal credit. I think the idea of universal credit is good. No, not universal credit, universal basic Sorry, that's, income. that's what yeah. I meant, that's what I meant. The idea of like giving people a lump sum is all well and good, except like we've seen in the US, there's $1,200 check, dollar check, gone out to everyone. We don't know where it's gone, we don't know where it's... And I suppose that's not the point, right? Yeah, it's it's, not, it's yeah. yours to do what you want with. But there's, uh, it's much harder to get that money in a system that's sustainable. It's harder to get that money back from you rather than not to give it to you at all, psychologically. So it, will, it potentially will lead to bad behavior, basically, if you give all the millionaires and billionaires a thousand pounds a month, that will add up, you know? I feel anyway. like the way you sell it to them peeps is like, look, you're you're out here trying to get them dividend checks. This is a dividend check that you can... I don't know. Anywho, look, and the other thing as well that somebody said is rather than doing like a basic income, that they should just cover bringing like rent caps and, and cover people's housing and stuff. Because yeah, that's the thing that's, that... that's kind of it, man. Because that's where the money eff- it like always effectively goes would there. be going to. Yeah, that's right. You're and right. like basically just kill off your... your if you pay my rent, I'd have no problem. <laughs> no problemo. Because then they could just do it like based on like how much you earn. Like we'll cover your rent if you're... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I guess yeah, that was. Uh, there's there's more I can talk on that, but I can see you're not like you're not firing sleep, I on a hundred. I literally didn't sleep last night. I've learned a lot about the power market, but uh, yeah.
and anywho, I just wanted to shout out a couple of people. So, did you know Martin Luther King was in favor of um, universal basic income? Cute. Um, I know he's not got the greatest reputation at the moment, but Mark Zuckerberg is. And then Andrew Yang, the guy that tried to run for president, he yeah. said that that would have been his first thing that he would have brought in. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, one uh, one small point I wanted to make, just one small point. Basically, one of the notions and like the idea behind it is n- it's not just paying people's like rent and stuff down. But also, it hopefully will provide people with a platform to be creative and to do to take risks and to make new things because yeah. you've covered their basics. So people are not in a survivalist mindset. So therefore, you get more productivity. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Pay my rent. I'm sorted. Yeah, but it's that's that's the sentiment that it seeks to to serve. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just trying to like take away that burden so that people can be a hundred percent of themselves. Yeah, I like that. Can also pay for the trip to Lanzarote. <laughs> no, there's no. people out there that are Yo. thinking about the next trip. <laughs> Joe, you know was a great hack. Is but it... you're always going to have idiots in society. I feel you know like we, we, I we, want, we drop the I want anchor because of the, like if, a small handful of, of dumb people that we can. Just I want to be 18, police. getting a universal basic income, and live with my mother until I'm 30. Imagine the kind of money I'm making on top of a job. Like, I've got a job, a normal job, but I'm putting away that thousand, no questions asked. And imagine Smart. a whole society that's making that type of money and they don't have to worry Damn. about shit. That's that point. You're basically trying to kill off a whole bunch of societal problems and, and greed and all sorts of shit. Because yeah, we're lefty people's... nerds, man. Let's call it. No, let's call I'm this just off. <laughs> Anywho. That was a deep dive on, on, on a few finance topics in, in light of what's happened recently. Um, hopefully there's been some <laughs> um, some tidbits that you're able to take away. And I definitely like really implore that you go out and you check out um, some of the concepts we've discovered, we've been talking about. Um, if you want some further resources, I would definitely recommend checking out Economics Explained on YouTube. And then another the one financial is, the financial diet on YouTube. Great women women led finance tips. Yeah, I would also shout out to Visual Politic. That's another channel you should watch out um, for. Um, they basically look at lenses through the eyes of an economist, and they're very balanced. They're not left or right wing. Um, and then I would also shout out um, Phil Town Rule One Investing. That's my, my my guy there. Dave Ramsey, obviously we mentioned. And infant investors, if you want to get into free trade, um, yeah, just and if you want any more info and you know me personally, just hit me up, and I'm more than happy to help you. And, and if you, you don't right know direction. him personally, you can fuck off. What? <laughs> Why are you being rude? But anywho, guys, that's thank basically you. what you're insinuating. No, I'm not. How how can people that don't know you personally reach out then? Yes, follow me on Instagram, which is Tom underscore the creative. Great. That's yeah. a great way to gather more information about finance. And I'm, oh, by the way, I'm not no guru out here. This is all, no. you, it's all on you. This is not just, this, this was just us, us talking for our personal experiences. It's not supposed to be advice. Um, no, you can take inspiration from it. And dodos. I'm not liable don't, if you make a dumb decision. Don't right? listen to us. We're dodos. On that note. Thank you very much, Tim. Hey, bye, guys. Bye.